Welcome to the Trinity Western University Chapel podcast. It is our prayer that these chapel talks would bless your heart and they would draw you closer to our Lord. We offer them to the glory of God and for the good of the world. Let's pray. Guide us, O Lord, by your word and your spirit, that in your light we would see light and in your truth find freedom and in your will discover, experience, a perfect peace that transcends understanding. And all the people said, we're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. And in that cloud, there are heroes of the faith. I can't help but when I hear the word hero of the faith, think of this quote from Sam Wells in his book, Improvisation. He writes, of the 64 references to saint in the New Testament, everyone is in the plural. Saints are never alone. They assume, demand, require community, a special kind of community, the communion of saints. Heroes have learned to depend on themselves. Saints have learned to depend on God and on the community of faith. The church is God's new language and it speaks not of a commonwealth fit for heroes to live in, but of a commonwealth of saints. We're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses and in that cloud there are heroes of the faith, but it's important to remember as Christians, when we use the word hero, we're never thrown back on ourselves and you're never a hero alone. You're never by yourself. The cultural myth of our age is you have to do it. You have to overcome. You have to conquer. It's up to you. But in the Christian faith, we are part of a commonwealth of saints in every tribe and language and people and nation. To be a hero of the faith means that we learn to depend on God and on the community of faith. That's what it is to be a hero as a Christian, which is why one of my favorite heroes of the faith in the great cloud of witnesses is St. John. I love me some St. John. St. John is a poet, and he's a theologian. But above all, St. John was a pastor. Always, always for his people. Always trying to show, not tell. And there are moments in my life, and I'm in a moment right now in my life, when I need to remember, and I need to not only know, but I need to see that I am not alone, that it's not all up to me, that I am part of something much larger than myself. And so this morning, I just want to share this vision with you. It comes from the book of Revelation, beginning in chapter 1 and extends to chapter 4 and 5. Sometimes in our lives, we need to remember that to be a hero of the faith means that we learn to rely on God and on the community of faith. So hear this word from the book that we love, the bush that burns and is never consumed. John chapter 1, verses 18. I, John, your brother, who share with you in Jesus the persecution and the kingdom and the patient endurance, was on the island called Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day when I heard a loud voice behind me like a trumpet say, write in a book what you see and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamum, to Iteria, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and finally, and finally to Laodicea. And then I turned to see whose voice it was that spoke to me. And on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands. In the midst of the lampstands was one like the Son of Man, clothed in a long robe with a golden sash across his chest. His head and hair were as white as white wool, white as snow, his eyes like a flame of fire, his feet like burnished bronze refined as in a furnace, and his voice, his voice is like the sound of many waters. 
In his right hand, he held seven stars, and from his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face, his face is like the sun shining at full strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. And but he came, and he put his right hand on my shoulder, and he said, do not be afraid. I am the first, and I am the last, and I am the living one. I was dead, and see, I am alive. And I have the keys of death and of Hades. So now write, write what you see, what is and what is to take place after this. As for the mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. And the seven lampstands are the seven churches. And then John does what he's instructed. He writes a letter each to the seven churches in Revelations chapter two and three. And then the vision picks up again in chapter four. After this, I looked, and there in heaven, a door stood open. And the first voice, which I heard speaking to me like a trumpet, said, Come up here, and I'll show you what must take place after this. And at once I was in the Spirit. And there in heaven stood a throne with one seated on the throne. And the one seated there looks like jasper and carnelian. And around the throne is a rainbow that looks like an emerald. And around the throne are 24 thrones. And seated on the thrones are 24 elders dressed in white robes with golden crowns on their head. And coming from the throne are flashes of lightning and rumbling and peals of thunder. And in front of the throne burn seven flaming torches, which are the seven spirits of God sent into all the earth. And in front of the throne, there's something like a sea of glass, like crystal. And around the throne and on each side of the throne are four living creatures full of eyes in front and in behind. The first living creature is like a lion. The second living creature is like an ox. The third living creature has got the face of a human face. And the fourth living creature is like a flying eagle. And each of the living creatures have six wings of eyes all around and inside and day and night without ceasing. They sing, they sing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And whenever the four living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to the one who is seated on the throne who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall before the throne and worship the one who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne singing, you are worthy, our Lord and God to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they existed and were created. And then I saw in the right hand of the one who was seated on the throne a scroll written on the inside and on the back sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to take the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll and look into it. And I began to weep bitterly because no one was able to open the scroll and look inside. But then, then one of the elders came and said to me, do not weep. Do you see? Do you see it? The line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David has conquered so that he can open the scroll and break its seals. And then I saw between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, a lamb standing as if it had been slaughtered, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent into all the earth. He came and took the scroll from the right hand of the one who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sing a new 
song. You are worthy to take the scroll and break its seals for you were slaughtered. And by your blood, you ransomed for God's saints from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them to be a kingdom and priests serving our God and they will reign on earth. And then I looked and I saw the many angels and the elders and the living creatures, they numbered myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands gathered around the throne singing to the, worthy is the lamb that was slaughtered to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And then I heard every living creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them singing to the one who is seated on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders, they fell down and worshiped. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. And in that cloud, it breaks in upon us even here. St. John, this poet, theologian, and pastor, gives us a vision of what's happening right now. That when we gather in here and sing, we are with the four living creatures and the 24 elders and the angels and everyone else pressed in around the throne singing, holy, holy, holy. We are not alone. I love this vision because it gives us permission to be who we are. Somewhere in here, there's a poet. I know it. Is there a poet here? Is that you guys are poets? St. John uses his gifts imaginatively so that we don't know, but we see. We step into the vision. Jesus, this is the only place in chapter one where Jesus is described in all scripture. Head and hair, white as white wool, eyes like a flame of fire, gold, a long white robe, golden sash. Everything about his, his clothing suggests to us that he's a king. And everything about his awe-inspiring demeanor, his eyes like a flame of fire, his mouth, his voice like the sound of many waters, his face, face like the sunshine at full strength, suggests to us that he is someone we trifle with at our peril, which is why John falls down. But Jesus comes and tells him a theological truth. I am the living one. I was dead, but see, I am alive, and I live forever and ever. See, Jesus, or John is on in exile. He's away from his people. He's away as a pastor from those he's charged to serve. And yet he gives his people a vision to step into that even though I'm away from you, God is not. Because there are seven, there are seven torches. And what are the seven torches? The, the seven churches. And where is Jesus standing right amidst the, the torches? In other words, Jesus is always standing with the church. Even though I'm away from you, Jesus is not away from you. Poetically, he gives us a theological vision that has a pastoral center. You are never alone if you are part of the commonwealth of saints. If you are part of the church, you are never thrown back on yourself. He gives us another vision, poetically, of a throne. The door stood open and there is a throne. This is another way for the Bible to talk about God's sovereignty. There's one who sits upon the throne, and the one who sits there is not us, which is freedom. We don't have to feel the pressure to be God, to have it all figured out, to do it ourselves. And all of creation, everything in heaven and on earth and under the earth is pressing in towards that throne. We are taught 
about meritocracy. I got to do better. I got to be better. I've got to be the one who overcomes, which is, again, another one of John's pastoral messages. Poetically, we see in the right hand of the one who sits upon the throne a scroll. It's the book of life. Written on the inside and on the back, it's sealed with seven seals. And there's no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth that is able to break those bonds. No one can look into it. So how do I know that I'm involved? How do I know I get to participate? How do I know that my name is in the book of life? Do I got to do more? Do I got to be more? Do I have to conquer? Do I have to overcome? Do I have to do it? Do you have to do it? And the elder comes and says, no, you don't have to conquer because the lion of the tribe of Judah has conquered. And that's the fundamental message, my friends. The lamb takes the scroll, breaks the seals and opens it up and our name is in it because Jesus Christ has conquered on our behalf and in him he has taken away the sin of the world. My sin, your sin, everyone's sin, for all people at all times and in all places. And all that he asks of us is will we trust his work, his agency, his activity. And if you do, if you say yes to this, you will find yourself part of this large cloud of witnesses and you will join the heroes of the faith. But you won't do it alone because Jesus has conquered. You will conquer with him. And all he asks is whether you trust him and follow him. And if you do, you will be part of that tribe and language and people and nation, and you will reign on earth, which is why you are here at Trinity. Today matters for you. Your studies matter for you. You are called not to be just a student. You are called to be an ambassador for Christ who has overcome the world. God has commissioned your imagination and your gifts and your reason and your body and your talents to go into this world that God so loves and to bear witness that he has conquered, and to do that with joy and freedom, because you never do it alone. My prayer for you as we close is that you will trust the conquering lamb, and in trusting him, you will be set free to run wild in the wide open country of salvation. You'll find your feet on a narrow path that leads farther up and further into the high country of the Trinity, where you will engage and you will see for yourself one whose head and hair is white as white wool, whose eyes are like a flame of fire, whose feet are like burnished bronze. You'll see his face signing at full strength. And you will know, and you will know, you never need to be afraid again. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, go in peace.